podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The first all-Manchester FA Cup final approaches and United approach a Wembley fixture in the rare position of underdogs. So, how does Eric Ten Hag mastermind what would be the most famous and satisfying of victories? Well, we'll have a little discussion on that today on the Manchester United Weekly Podcast, a couple of days out from the Saturday 3pm Cup final kickoff. Thank you for joining us. I'm Harry Robinson and Jack Tate is alongside me. We're going to dive straight in, just as Valt Weghorst will no doubt be doing, diving straight into the crowd after his 119th minute Wembley winner, which is definitely upcoming. Jack, we could talk about nerves all day or Valt Weghorst's late winner and maybe we will after this but let's begin with I think a couple of key questions to do with team selection and tactics I think there are probably three key debates the biggest of which is this and I'll let you answer first Fred Ericsson or both I think is the hardest one out of the three and I think I'd be very very tempted to put Fred in there but I think on balance I'd probably stick with Ericsson just about. So your your final answer is Ericsson? Yeah. Okay. See, I'm, I think we we mentioned this a couple of weeks ago when we previewed it in the patron kind of bonus section. I will never not be terrified at the prospect of Fred starting in a big game like this because <laughs> bad Fred, I, I, as I've, I've said, I think it, bad Fred turns up and the final could be gone out of United's hands within 10 minutes because we know how quickly City can start against us. We've seen them do it before against us. And if you don't track your runners, if you give away the ball in, and they can count on you, if there's too much space, you're 2-0 down before you even know what's hit you. That's why, kind of, and because Fred's inconsistent, that's what scares me. But Ericsson also concerns me a bit. He did play in the January game and United won, but he played away at the Etihad, which I think is going to be probably more comparable to this one because we're not playing at home at Old Trafford where we've had such a good record and where the players are very comfortable. And at the Etihad, he was pretty poor, as were a lot of the team. So I'm leaning towards Fred. Now, I heard an interesting suggestion in which you play both. Could you see that happening? I, I could, yes. And this is related to... One of the next questions about team selection that we'll probably get to is I think it massively depends on whether Anthony is fit. Yeah. Because I think if he's not, you could well see Ten Hag go back to a tactic that he used a lot around sort of February, March time and put Bruno Fernandes out on the right, put Ericsson as sort of the third midfielder and a three alongside Casemiro and Fred. Uh, that wouldn't be my preference, but I think if Anthony isn't fit, especially because of how few options we would have. I think because the problem is if Anthony isn't fit and you then play a front three of, let's say, Sancho, Rashford, Garnacho, mm. I mean, Vekos is our only forward option on the bench at that point, assuming that Anthony doesn't even make the squad. Yeah. And so I think playing Fernandez on the right, may, it allows you to keep either Garnacho or Sancho, probably Garnacho on the bench. Maybe Ten Hag feels that that's a bit of, a bit of an advantage and, and trusts Bruno Fernandez's defensive work more than... He does Sancho or Gonacho. I think that, yeah, I think that's a key point because it, you'd expect if United are going to win on Saturday, it will be triumphing in a very tight game, potentially into extra time or late on in the 90 minutes or even on penalties, which makes having that Garnacho option off the bench even more important. And I, I would expect Ten Hag will be looking to stay very tight for, well, for the entire 90 minutes, of course. But you know what I mean? Trying to get to that kind of 60 minute mark still level and then seeing what we can do and given it's a cup final and there's no replays and that 
a nil-nil draw in normal time will take you into extra time and then take you to penalties. I think a lot of it will be trying to make sure that if City are going to score against us, that it's that they've had to work so hard for it and not hoping to win 2-1, but hoping to win 1-0. And so, yeah, your bench options become very, very important. The other suggestion I saw with regards to Fred would be instead of putting Bruno Fernandes on the right, put either put Fred on either the left or the right because, it, I mean, he'd kind of been there, he'd be there to start off with and then you'd kind of have his little chaotic little presence roaming around, causing a bit of carnage, but you wouldn't have the, the danger, which is him receiving the ball in central midfield against City's very good press. So, there are, I mean, Fred's got plenty of options. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can just stick him up front at this point. I, I mean, it's... Like, like you said, it's always a bit of a gamble with Fred and I, I wouldn't be opposed to him starting at all. I think it's a, it makes sense as an option. There is always that worry about him giving the ball away far too often. Which is why you'd, why you'd shunt him forward or wide. Yes, exactly. I, I was going to say, I think the danger of Fred on the ball in midfield somewhat goes away a little. It doesn't go away, but it, it reduces a little bit if the way that we're going to approach this game is similar to how, how we did against Barcelona, for example, where the focus was very much on do not try and play out against this press, go long, try and win the, the first or second ball and try and win possession, you know, on the halfway line rather than trying to play through City. I think if we do that, you'd then probably be putting less of a responsibility on Fred to be someone that needs to be involved in our build-up too yeah. much. And then I think his defensive work is what would sway you to, to keeping him in there. But also, if, if United are going to play like that, Ericsson's role becomes, Ericsson's value decreases a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. And that, exactly. That, that's kind of the key point, isn't it? That how United approach this defines everything. Because one of the other debates would be in terms of defence, do you have Wan-Bissaka or Dallow at right back? And I think even more crucially, do you put Luke Shaw at left back or at centre back alongside Varane and play Malassia? If United are going to go very... If United aren't going to go, if we're not going to bother having possession and attempting to play out <laughs> through City's I, lo- I love that if we're gonna lo- how, how are you going to approach this game? I just don't bother having possession. <laughs> <laughs> if, if we're going to lump it long and hope to hit them on the break, then you probably want Shaw in those high areas because he's got kind of the best delivery in the, in the team, really. But if we're going to try and be kind of on a on an even footing, at least for the first sixty minutes or so of the game, then you kind of you, you might want Shaw at centre-back for that quality on the ball in deep areas that we might be lacking elsewhere. What do you think, given that this defines the entire kind of team selection, what do you think is is the right approach? And I, I tell you, to, to go more specific, well, maybe it's more <laughs> even wider, but more significant. When you've watched City be really challenged this season, what do you think United can learn from that? Whether it's from what we did in January or from what Brighton or Brentford? (laughs) Well, so I I think on Shaw first, that is a much easier one for me. I I would stick with Shaw at at left back every day of the week. I'm not a a huge fan of sort of shunting players around when we don't need to. Shaw has proven he can do a very good job at centre-back, but I don't know what he gains you very much over, let's say, Lindelof, who would probably play at centre-back. And I think what you lose with Shaw to Malassia at left back yeah. is is pretty significant. And so I don't think you gain much at centre-back and you, and you lose a lot. Massive, yeah. So I definitely keep Shaw at left back. In terms of what I've seen trouble City, I think in attack, it's definitely 
being able to, especially when you win the ball back, it's being able to get out of that first line of their press. Pep Guardiola was famous all throughout his managerial career. The focus is when you lose the ball, win it back within five seconds. And you see that with Man City so often when they lose possession, the person, the player who wins it back is swarmed by City players. And if they don't manage to win the ball back through a tackle, often it's a foul. And so I think for the key thing when playing against them, because what troubles Man City is, is pace and space that they leave on the break. And that's exactly how, how we beat them at Old Trafford earlier in the season. You know, Garner, Rashford's goal comes from us on the break. Garnacho making a great run into so much space down the left. Even, the, even our first goal comes from, it wasn't on the counter-attack, but Rashford making a run in behind that Bruno Fernandes ends up we're on to, they're going to leave those gaps for us and we are perfectly suited to exploit them and all of the success we've had against City yeah. over the last three or four years when it's happened has been from exploiting those moments and exploiting that space that they leave. The trouble and where we've come unstuck against City in the past is when we start going 15, 20 minutes in a row without ever being able to break out of that first yeah. initial kind of swarm of the player that wins it back. If we can do that, I think we have... I think we have not a very good chance, but I think we have a decent chance of of coming out of it on top here. And I think the likelihood of getting out of that will increase in the second half. And so for me, I think for the United, it's get to halftime level. And I think if we can do that, I would go into the second half, not confident, but thinking that we have a very good chance of at least putting City under a lot of pressure. Yeah. From, I think what you're kind of alluding to is first half, Rashford will be quite isolated, but might get one opportunity. That's the kind of game we might see. And second half, we might see Garnacho come on and add another direct option. And then we'll see what, what, what can happen. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, even in the first half, I think it's still, I think, going to be the case for United that you need to exploit the opportunity when you do win the ball back and there is space to, to counter-attack into. Especially if we if we do go down this route of, as you said, we don't bother with possession and just sort of go long most of the time. I think, you know, when we aren't going to have long spells of possession, so it's about making the ones that we do get count. Yeah. That is, a th- like, Garnacho is definitely going to be key to this. And I think I, I'm with you that I would probably prefer to start him on the bench, keep Sancho in, who's, you'd probably back Sancho's defensive work more than you would Garnacho's, and then get Garnacho on just. in the second half when... <laughs> Yeah, just. And then get Garnacho on in the second half when you think there will be a slightly more opportunities for United to play in that space. And, and I think you 100% trust Garnacho more to be that direct runner on the counter-attack than you do Sancho. Yeah. Rashford's the key on which I think this final will turn in United's favour or not. That doesn't necessarily mean like how well he plays, but it's, as you're saying, how well we can get him the ball and then how effective he can be with it because he's not going to get he's not going to get many more than two opportunities probably two or three proper chances so he's he's got to make the most of them same as Garnacho if he starts or comes on I think Anthony being available I mean would clearly be a massive boost particularly now Martial isn't fit that was kind of another key question is do you go for Martial or Rashford up front I think that decision has been made for everyone because it's I, I can't just <laughs> surely he won't be starting without their course but Vekos will obviously be coming off the bench to score the winner. But that kind of puts Rashford up front. If you can have Anthony playing that defensive discipline and, and and what he can, yeah, just just to be reliable. And that would be a great help. I would be 
if the team news comes out and he's in it, I'll be more confident than I would otherwise. Yeah, I'm, but the same. He's also yeah. very good at this. This is in a lot of games. This is a criticism of Anthony, but actually, I think in this occasion would be a bit of a boost. He's also a very, very good ball carrier, often into something of a cul-de-sac. There isn't the end product that you want at the end of it, but just his ability to to carry the ball forward and get us out of our own half, I think is it could end up being really important because again, when you get into trouble against Man City is when you're under the cosh wave after wave after wave of attacks for, you know, 10 minutes straight. That's what where the goal we conceded yeah, to Greenwich yeah. at Old Trafford came from. Start of the second half, we could not win the ball back and you need a player like Anthony to kind of break out of those patterns that start to form. Even if he doesn't end up putting in a good cross or a good pass or a good shot at the end of it, even if he can buy us a little bit of respite, that is still really important when you're under a yeah, lot of pressure. absolutely. You mentioned it earlier. Do you think the Barcelona game is the key kind of marker for us going into this game as to what we want to emulate and aim for? To some degree, yeah. I think I think we've changed quite a lot since then, especially in the way that I think Ten Hag uses some <laughs> of the results players. have got worse, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I actually think probably a combination of the Barcelona games and the semi-final against Brighton, honestly, is, is something of, of the template here because obviously Man City are a better side than Brighton, but stylistically there are similarities. And I think especially in the way that United will come into this game knowing that they won't see a lot of the ball, being okay with kind of sitting back, soaking up the pressure. And you look at the second half of the Brighton game, it, it followed so, sort of the pattern that we're talking about. You know, first half, we really didn't have too much in the way of attacking threat, but in the second we started to become a lot more aggressive off the ball. Fred was key to that, actually, when he came on and really sort of shifted the tide of that game. We had a couple of really good chances in the second half that you would have, would have hoped we would have, could have put away to, to kind of snatch the win in, reg, in normal time. I think that is, to some degree, the blueprint here for United and, and a little bit of the Barcelona, Barcelona game thrown in in terms of you know maybe going long and, and not trying to, to take any risks playing out from the back. Yeah. I'm just getting nervous. <laughs> I was, I was oh, just thinking about, about starting quickly. And <laughs> even like, even that is, comes with its risks and it seems like such the right thing to do to like get in their faces early on. But one mistake yeah. in that one kind of overcommitted tackle and that space just opens up and you see De Bruyne kind of charging through like the stallion ears. And then it's, it's one. Yeah. It is, it is such <laughs> a hard, painful. hard balance to strike because you, the last thing you want to do in an FA Cup final in any game, but especially in a cup final is be passive, you know, but yeah. also the last thing you want to do is dive in and allow City, you know, to, to go past one or two players. And then, you know, they're the most deadly team in the world if you give them the opportunity. So it is, it is a really, really hard balance to strike. How do you maintain Which is- control and discipline, but also be aggressive and put them under serious pressure? Yeah. Which is what we can talk about tactics and, and, well, yeah, we could talk about tactics and the kind of player profile in terms of like their style of play and, and, and their attributes, but really so much of this is mental and that's why probably sure will, that's why almost certainly you won't see Malassia start a left back and Wambasak will probably start ahead of Dalo, and you might not see Garnacho start and you might not even see Sancho start is for different reasons. Garnacho might overcommit, Sancho might undercommit, um, Malassia and Dalo might overcommit and, and so much of that is in is is kind of in the pressure of the 90,000 people watching on and you're playing to stop City winning the treble and you're playing for the second trophy. 
so much of it's mental and I cannot imagine the pressure <laughs> they'll be under. But um, I, I tell you what would be really, it would be so fascinating after and I think we'll, on, we'll only ever get to find this out if United win. So it'd be even better. But you can you can bet there'll be those kind of in-depth insider articles about what, how Ten Hag behind the scenes managed to hit that, strike that balance. We, we spoke about balance on the pitch, but strike that balance off the pitch of ensuring that motivation without it going too far and the players getting too caught up in stopping the treble, etc. None of them have spoken about that at all. And that's been the right thing to do so far. I enjoyed watching um, a couple of clips from the Player of the Year awards or end of season awards and Rashford receiving the, the award and Jeff Shrees asked him like, this must be so special because he was named so much as Player of the Year, uh, voted by the fans and also Players Player of the Year. This must be so special for you. And he said, well, yeah, yeah I'm sure it is, but I don't think I'll realise unless we win on Saturday. Um, I, think what's, I think what's great about this season there was a bit of a downer towards the end and then a little bit of a, a riser again, which has helped. But as you go into this game, and I do think, I do kind of have faith in in the vast majority of this squad to realise what's at stake here and to and to go for it at least. And that's, that's I mean, it's not all we can ask, but <laughs> it's um, it, it makes for losing a little bit more forgivable if that is the, the outcome that happens. Yeah, I think you have a bit more trust in Ten Hag and this group of players to sort of understand the occasion and to to play to the occasion more than you'd have United teams of the recent past. I say that, I did also say that before the Carabao Cup final where we did turn up and, and obviously won, but then two weeks later got beat 7-0 at Anfield. So yeah, yeah. I, I say that with a, a little bit of hesitation, but I, I do genuinely feel more trust in this team to to put on a performance I'm that just, not, just trying not to be necessarily optimistic. win. Well, yeah, yeah. And, and I, I am too about like, Unfortunately, playing a team like City, I don't think you can ever say we're going to go into this and put in a performance that will win us the game. But I think you can say, and I do believe that United will come in and put in a performance that is at least befitting of the occasion and the magnitude of, of everything that's at stake. And I think that that is obviously the least that you can ask for, but it's, it's also a standard that I don't think has been held at United for a lot of the last four or five years. Yeah. The other interesting thing will be to see how Ten Hag speaks to the media and how he builds pressure on City because that's going to be one of the important things to do is to yeah. to make that pressure go both ways. I'm expecting something similar to what he did before the League Cup final when he brought out the Newcastle how yeah. much time they keep the ball in place that something I don't think he'll engage in any talk about the treble at all No, and that's probably the right thing to do but I, I'm, I'm sure there'll be something that just to, to get under their skin. Yeah and then in the dressing room it's about showing the players the history of what we've achieved as a club and then the history of what these players have achieved this season, beating Barca, beating City, winning a trophy at Wembley already and then all the times that City's players have spoken about the treble already because that isn't what United's players did in 99. You don't speak about it until it's done and a lot of them have been speaking about it and that's I think that should be motivation enough for, for United. Um, do you want to have a score prediction? I was asked this yesterday and I said two things. My my probably realistic prediction is 2-1 to City. But having said that, I do see a path for, for United to win this game. And to me, it's going at half-time level. And then I, I genuinely, if we went in a half-time drawing, I would I would be quietly confident of pulling something out of the bag. And that I mean that's how it's, it's how 
Yeah, 100%. I mean, if we can see yeah, an early same. goal, I think it's curtains. Very, very That's, early. Yeah, on. first half. As much key. as that pains me. But I think if you can go get to half time, you know, nil, nil, one, one, whatever it is, <laughs> I would absolutely back us on the counter attack yeah. to spring something on C, as we have done. Despite some really painful losses against City, actually, as that's something that we've done relatively successfully in recent years. Yeah, yeah. or United on penalties. <laughs> I don't think I'd actually. be able to stomach um, it. It's uh, it's going to be a weird time for you, isn't it? In in the US, where you're going to watch it? I'm debating whether to go to the United supporters bar here. Uh, it's on at nine in the morning, which actually right. I quite like because I think if it was in the afternoon, I'd just be go driving myself crazy all day. Which is exactly what I will be doing around Wembley and Kilburn <laughs> and various parts of West London. And hopefully driving myself crazy after in in the most emphatic of celebrations. But we'll see. We should wrap up. Uh, it's going to be some roller coaster of emotions on Saturday, wherever in the world you're watching it. Good luck. Enjoy the day for what it is. And let's see what happens. Come on, Reds. Network.